0: One way to show that you are unable to enforce a contract, or rather to avoid enforcement of a contract, is through misrepresentation and non-disclosure. This episode is focusing specifically on misrepresentation. In other words, we're focusing on fraud, and why fraud may be an impediment to actually enforcing a contract. This is going to be focusing on a little bit of the Restatement, sections 162 and 164, And our case that we're going to go over the fact pattern is Siester versus Banta. In this case, Banta is a company, a dance company, in the Des Moines area. And Syester was an elderly widow who ended up wanting to dance. Uh, She went to this dance company, spent several thousands of dollars. In today's money, it would have been about $300,000. Purchased three lifetime memberships. In other words, she was very easy to persuade, to purchase lots of hours of dancing, uh, dancing instructions specifically, because she wanted to dance, and she enjoyed dancing. Eventually, uh, she caught on. Uh, there was uh, some complications with the company. Uh, she's like, no, you're taking advantage of me, so she left. And ultimately, she ended up su- suing. But the company came and convinced her to drop her counsel and to sign a release uh, to say hey, you won't sue us, here's how much money we're going to pay you to not sue us. So, she dropped her counsel, signed the release, and now she's suing, saying, no, that release was wrong, I want my money back from the excessive hours uh, uh, that I spent on, and this release was done with misrepresentation, and so it's not a valid release. So, what's the rules here? First, There needs to be some evidence of fraud to rescind a release, uh, to reverse a release. Otherwise, the release will bar litigation. But to establish fraud, the plaintiff has the burden of proof. So the plaintiff has to show several factors, and we have a list of seven, of what the plaintiff has to do. First, the defendant has to be the one who made the representation. Second, the representations had to be false, Uh, not just opinions, but representations. Uh, Third, that the representations were as to material matters, so just relating to the financial transactions that were occurring here. Fourth, the defendant had to know that the representations were false. Fifth, that the representations were made specifically to defraud the plaintiff. Sixth, that the plaintiff relied on the representations to enter the agreement and would not have done so if the misrepresentations were not there. And seventh, the plaintiff has to show that they were damaged through this reliance. So that's just a straightforward. Uh, Our takeaway is a release will bar litigation, and to rescind a contract, you need to show fraud, and to show fraud, you need to show uh, those seven elements of misrepresentations, they were made falsely, And there is reliance on those uh, representations. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to LawSchoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.